Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Show, and I mean, it's it's been a minute, but we've got a fun one today because it's me and Wayne once again. You know, we, we haven't been at it for a minute, but now we're back together, and it's, uh, it's at a good time for agency. Great time, right? Free agency time, almost draft time. I mean, I guess you could say it's draft time. I mean, uh, I guess so. Yeah, April's next week, and then it's like three weeks through four weeks to the draft. So I think they're preparing, but it's good to be here. It's good to see you, little bro, man. I'm glad you out here doing your thing and uh, keep grinding, man. You're doing a great job. Hey, that's 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 our motto. Keep grinding, stay hustling. That's uh, that's what we do, and uh, appreciate you obviously coming on. And uh, we've we've got a we've got a fun show. But before I start, you know, we got to do what we always got to do. Give a shout out to those who are starting to to to, to come in: Brunel Jacobs, NBN, Paul, Terrence, Ronnie, and Kali. Thank you guys all for tuning in uh, so early to today's stream. But Wayne, we're talking about free agency. What was kind of your initial thoughts? We got we got to start with the hard, with, with with really the the hard hitter, right? What was your initial thoughts when we got uh, Javon Hargrave? Look, I mean, I if you don't know, you know I was super ecstatic. I was happy. I was everything on the, the great emotional chart where it has to do with being feeling good because the 49ers, I kept saying the one area that they needed to address was the interior defensive tackle position on the defensive line. And I kept saying, listen, it's, it's, it's Deron Payne or Javon Hargrave. It's Deron Payne or Javon Hargrave. It had to be one of the two, uh, watch the commanders decided to franchise tag Payne, And I'm like, Oh man. All right, cool. So who's the, the, the next best. And, and, and honestly, Hargrave may have still been the best defensive tackle out there on the market. I just wanted the younger version. I I think people can understand where I was going. I wanted the younger guy who was still growing, and he can come and grow with this young defense, and Deron Payne, you'll have it for several years. But they went out and got a sure piece, a sure fit. Um, This is something that they've been missing. I I, I would say that Javon Hargrave is, you know, them making up for – trading DeForest Buckner because the moment they traded Buckner they lost their presence up the middle uh they did draft J- uh, Javon Kinlaw but I mean we all know how that's panning out bro so it's it's I'm super ecstatic about the Javon Hargrave signing I needed the 49ers to splash splish or whatever you want to call it and they did exactly that they made the biggest damn splash you can make uh in the offseason and they paid them very well very well right and I mean when you talk about it, a lot of people, a lot of people love to be negative about the 49ers at this time, right? Are they going to do anything? If so, is it going to be enough? That kind of thing. And they, I mean, they came out and they they really got the top free agent on the market in Javon Hargrave. If you're not considering quarterbacks, right? Hargrave with Deron Payne off the board uh, was the number one guy. And I mean, even with Payne on the board, I think you could argue he could still be the number one guy if you're talking about who they are right now. Obviously, Payne would get the bigger deal just because he's younger. 
And so it, it allows for potential. But if you're talking about who's the best player right now, Javon Hargrave was a better player than Deron Payne in 2022. The film showed it. And I think that that's what the 49ers are capitalizing on. This is essentially somewhat of a two-year deal for Javon Hargrave, where they think about $40 million total in those two years, pretty much. And the 49ers structured it very interestingly. Um, but it's, it's it's somewhat like a two-year deal, maybe even a three-year deal if the 49ers see it that way. And that's what you're you're capitalizing on. Javon Hargrave's in his prime. You want to get him for the majority of his prime and allow him to potentially cash in another deal, but also get the majority of that production along what is the NFL's best defensive line at the moment. Yeah, and that's what I love about this, right? So, you know, you talked about him being, you know, in his prime. Listen, he wants to do one thing, one thing only, and that's get to the quarterback. And that's what he does very well. Will he stop the run well? Absolutely. I mean, it's part of his nature being a defensive tackle. But he's coming to, like he said, quote him, the best defense in the league. So he's going from right. the Philadelphia Eagles to come into the best defense in the league. And he's excited to play for Steve Wilkes. He said he's heard a lot of good things about Steve Wilkes. So listen, I just can't wait till the young man gets out there and puts those pads on. And not only that, you know, Nick Bosa, I would say him and Trent would go at it and they made each other better. Now you got Javon Kinlaw out there. It's going to help make some of these interior guys like Jake Brendo, like uh, Aaron Banks, like those guys on the interior where he's lining up. It's going to make those guys even better because we say iron sharpen if iron. Well, now we're bringing in straight up iron inside on that interior. So I really do love the signing. I, I think it's it is good. And I mean, you talk about Nick Bosa. I want to shed light on another player, and that is Ark Armstead. One thing I've really said, and I think that uh, it goes a little bit underrated with the signing, provides the 49ers even more positional versatility and flexibility. Why? Because the 49ers have been kind of then strapped at defensive tackle recently and more so uh, really loaded and prioritizing the edge. And these edge players, especially on pass rushing downs, have slid into defensive tackle, able to utilize that speed against the guards and utilize their their strength against the guards, be it Arden Key, Charles O'Menehue, or players of that accord, even Nick Bosa at times, to defeat uh, uh, one-on-ones and get to, the, to get to the quarterback. But this move here, you have Hargrave on the inside. You have players you trust as well on the inside. Kevin Givens proved to be a starting caliber defensive tackle last year. And another guy in um, uh, Kalia Davis, a guy who the 49ers are high on at the moment. You've got two other guys who you feel pretty capable about. How do you stop the run the best? If one of those guys proves capable, you kick Armstead out to the edge. Armstead might not be the best edge rusher, but he's a damn good run defender. And you, you, you can't expect with that frame for him to be able to contain on the edge you have a really solid core four there. I think it, it allows you to kick uh, Armstead to the edge. And, I mean, there are still some defensive tackles out there if the 49ers want to go that route, or even edge rushers out there if the 49ers want to go that route. I think it just provides you more flexibility to what uh, to where you can decide, essentially, what you want to do. And I, I would not mind to see Armstead on the edge on first downs and inside on second and third downs against the uh, against the pass. Yeah, and I agree. I, I mentioned that, and you know, I know a lot of people don't want to see Armstead back out there uh, on the edge. They really felt like that was where he was struggling, but I, I disagree. Um, you know, right. I, I just, I mean, he's not going to get you the sack production, but he's also not going to allow runners to get to the edge. You know, and and he's a great run defender. Period. Like his size, his arm length, 
his wingspan, all of that is to help keep the run contained, keep those quarterbacks contained outside the pocket. So Armstead does bring you that versatility. And so it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Maybe they bring in less guys because they feel like they like the fact that Aaron Armstead can be a little bit versatile. We can start him on base downs uh outside or inside but i like to see what they're going to do with drake jackson and 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 some of these other rotational pieces that we're going to talk about in a little bit and that they signed in free agency it's going to be very interesting to see what chris kosirik cooks up in the kitchen right i i agree and i mean yesterday i believe uh lynch john lynch that has talked to talked to some reporters at stanford's pro day and he I mean, he was the one who really talked about Javon Hargrave. He said he's a game changer. And uh, I, I he, he said how the 49ers had been good, but felt they'd fallen off a little bit, uh, according to Eric Branch at the defensive line position, which I think is a fair assessment. I like the 49ers being pretty honest and frank about how their team was, because if you're talking uh, in all honesty, their 2019 defensive line was better than their 2022 defensive line, which wasn't necessarily the case you saw at the beginning of the season. It's just true, though that the depth route didn't really seem like the best route in hindsight. 49ers understood that. They went ahead and got a three-down player who they believe can really be a game-changer, and that's what you want. You want those three-down players. That was, in my opinion, one of the most priorities, uh, one of the bigger priorities, getting three-down players because when it comes to playoff time, when it comes to those game-changing moments, those are the players you rely on. The 49ers have three of those guys right now in Bosa, Armstead, and now Javon Hargrave as well. I agree, one hundred percent. And we saw what those three down players did for the other team, the opposing team, <laughs> when we played against them. Hey, the, the good thing is we got a a prime uh, rushing uh, pass rushing defensive tackle, and I think that's what the 49ers needed. They got it, and now they can continue to build. I like a question here from Paul Hope. Talks about edge rushers, and I'll, I'll break this down for you right now, Wayne. When you talk about defensive linemen, and I'm saying those who likely make the 53-man roster at the moment, you've got five. You've got defensive tackles that are five, edge rushers three. Defensive tackles, you've got Hargrave, you've got Armstead, Givens, you've got uh, Kalia Davis, and then you've got Javon Kinlaw. Those are the five you, it seems like, will make the 53 at the moment. And then edge rushers-wise, you've got Bosa, you've got Drake Jackson, and then you've got uh, well, Austin Bryant makes it four, but you had Cleveland Farrell and now Austin Bryant. So you have four there. Don't know if Bryant makes the roster, uh, uh, makes the 53-man roster at the moment. Uh, would expect Cleveland Farrell to. So you've got around eight players who I think are locks at the moment, not or close to in five defense tackles, three edge rushers. Would you want the 49ers to pick up another edge in free agency, or do you think this is a position now that they attend to in the draft? Well, if you look at the pieces that they signed, and I don't know if a lot of people are paying attention to it, they signed Cleveland, Farrell, and Austin Bryant. Those are the edge rushers that they brought in. And right. then they also have Alex Barrett as a guy you didn't right. mention. All right. So that they have a total of, what, five edge rushers right now uh, that, that are signed to the team. And as far as those that are making the lock, I mean, I would say that the lock are those three. Now, look, I, I think they go and get another edge rusher in the draft. I don't know if they'll go ahead and sign another big piece guy. They may try to get a veteran in here on a veteran minimum type deal saying, hey, man, you want to win a Super Bowl? You won't have any. Come here and do so. That may happen. Don't expect that to happen until after the draft. I think they go ahead and in draft and they find a guy that they're ready. They're all in on and they lock in on that guy. And if that guy is available, they get him. They might have one or one to three choices, possibly. Uh, but I would draft a guy and and make that guy. He's going to make the roster 
have him make the roster. And then you could take Bryant and you could take Farrell and those guys could go to your practice squad. Like, you know what I mean? Like those are uh, veterans that are eligible for the veteran spot on the practice squad. And so it would be interesting. That's what the Niners do. They stash the practice squad with veterans. That's one thing they do. And I'm not think I don't see any other team that's going to pick up uh, an Austin Bryant or a Cleveland Farrell. They weren't picking them up in the first place. So um, I think those guys will clear their waivers, hit their way to the practice squad. Get the answer in the draft. What are your thoughts? I think it's interesting for sure. Uh, I, I want to put out one thing. The 49ers, when you talk about defensive linemen, they brought 17 into mm-hmm. training camp last year. 17 defensive linemen out of their 90-man roster. They they definitely have a lot, definitely, that they that they prioritize. I don't know if they're done. I, I think that right now when you look at their roster, I think it's 64, 63 or 64 players that are yeah. totally signed, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. I think they get three or four, four, four or five more guys before the draft. And after that, you use your draft picks and then the remainder of undrafted free agents to fill out your roster. I think that they still have some space. And I think edge rusher could be a place that they could go after. Now, a lot of people wanted Yannick Ngakwe after, obviously, um, uh, the the I don't know if there are reports out, but the 49ers were interested in Yannick Ngakwe. They did. I mean, they they did want him as a guy. Yeah, don't know if that happens at the moment. I, I I'm not sure if that would be the number one o- option just because of the salary cap involved, and also because the 49ers have gone in other routes like Cleveland Farrell, Austin Bryant, some of those guys, more rotational guys to back up the the top three. Also showing some confidence in Drake Jackson, but I think that the edge rusher position there are it, it's still a lot of talent because this class, especially as free agency has fizzled. A lot of talent in this class, so which means you could get bargains at cheaper prices given how the class is going right now in the uh, in, in the in the edge class. Not the strongest free agency class, but a pretty solid edge class. I think the 49ers could double dip uh, or double dip, get one here, and as they always do, go for a defensive lineman as well in the draft. I agree. Uh, the number the the number is probably 16 or 17 right now. What they're at 11, but but here's the thing, like. Their, their cap space isn't, ask, isn't allowing them to sign some of these guys that we're talking about. So this is why I feel like, you know, what, what are they currently at? $3 million, around the $3 million mark. So they could possibly bring in another guy. We still don't have a kicker. <laughs> and at the end of the day, like, I, I, would, I would prioritize kicker right now because you pretty much have your starting lineup and you have depth. You have rotational pieces. And so I would address it in the draft. You have 11 draft picks. You can use all 11. You know, then you can get guys that are undrafted and bring them in here, too. So there, there are so many ways that they can continue to fill, fill the roster. And then after the draft, it's going to be plenty of edge rushers still available and they can go ahead and get them to those contracts. And by then, maybe there'll be a Christian McCaffrey restructure, um, give time for uh, the Nick Bosa extension around July. They can still do so many different types of things to create cap space. I don't think right now they're in a rush to create it. And so we just have to wait and see. So at this point, I think they're stuck where they are for right now due to the cap space. They might be able to sign somebody else. Don't think it'll be an edge rusher unless they get them on one of those deals that unless it's the bargain guys and they're getting guys on, on a $2 million deal with 1 million guaranteed or something like that. It's something really, you know, cap friendly. Um, but I look for the draft, go to the draft, see what you can find. That's why I said in the draft, I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers trade up. 
because there are some players that they can get and they go edge. And why do you do that? Simply because you can have uh, you can get a speed rusher guy like Byron Young from t- uh, Tennessee. Like that kid will come in here and they met with him. Right. That kid could come in here and rush off the edge. Now, his production wasn't super high in college, but he's a fast guy. He rushes off the edge, doesn't take downs off. He can play. And so that might be a piece that they say, hey, let's move up and get, you know, mid second, early third, something like that. They can figure it out. So we'll have to wait and see. I think they're kind of cool where they are right now. Right. I think the mo- the first priority is the kicker. <laughs> like how yeah. do we sign a kicker? And there's a report out there saying that, you know, Robbie gold has been made an offer. And so we'll see how that works out. You know, it's going to, it's going to come down to guarantee money for Robbie gold. Let's talk about that actually right now. Would you entertain the idea of bringing Robbie gold back? Hell yeah. It's not even, it's not a, it's not a, a what would be your price tag? Man, it, it can't, it's gotta be, it's gotta be minimum four million guaranteed, right? Like that's that's what he's gonna want, right? I, I don't think the 49ers want to pay that though. So what do you think they're offering them? Three what? That's tough, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that you're right. It, it would cost a good amount um, of gear. Like not, I don't even know if it'd be guaranteed, but regardless, I mean, if it's a one year deal, it, it would be. Uh, you're going to make the entirety of that money. And I mean, a four year or four million a year deal, I think places Robbie Gould inside the top 10. But I think he might want four and a half plus because um, that Jeez. puts him in that upper echelon, you know, the top top seven ish type of kicker money. And I think that that might be what he wants. It could uh, be. Understanding he, he played, he, he earned like five million dollars the last couple of years. Yeah. And so the issue obviously being gold. He's not going to have many uh, touchbacks. He also doesn't kick well behind fifty yards. But do you want? Uh, do you sacrifice that for having good good kicking in the in the postseason? Potentially. Look, the the Niners have a number, <laughs> and uh, if the if Robbie ain't meeting him with that number, I don't. The Niner to me, the way the Niners are working right now, the way they, I feel like they have all the power. Hey, man. You want to play for this team? All right, here's your contract. And it's not that they're like super low ball contracts, but right. they're just, it's just a number. And, you know, no matter who the kicker is, I think these kickers, unless you get a guy like who was released, suck, suck up. I don't want him on this team. He was terrible. Like, I don't, I don't like Ryan suck He's up. good in the playoffs. That's the funny part. But he is good in the playoffs. It's so, it's so weird, right? Like regular yeah. season, terrible. I, but I guess playoffs, less games. I don't know. I don't want him. At this point, I would want to draft a kicker. And so I'm all for drafting the kicker. We have 11 draft picks. And and we're hoping a kicker like Jake Moody makes it to the seventh round. Because there's that one team that that drafts right in front of you, like the Los Angeles Rams. And they'll take Jake Moody. And you'll be like, damn. And so then you're going to have to spend the money on a kicker. So maybe the Niners are waiting. And they're just gonna they're take their shot in the draft, see how it is, and then bring in another guy for competition to camp. You know, they could, we'll they could. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people wanted Eddie Pinheiro, myself included. Yeah, he did just resign right before we went live. Oh, he did. With, yeah, he he resigned with Carolina for two year deal. There um, it is. So he he's off the market. I mean, it, it it depends. Gold seems like the option. I I the one thing I wonder with Gold is where is he going to go. Because most of the top teams have kickers. Have kickers. 
I know. Yeah. And I mean, his number one value is the postseason, which means he probably wants to go to a contending team. But he also, obviously, his family lives in Chicago. Could he go there? I'm not too sure. We'll see. Right, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> like, who who's going to kick for the 49ers? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a question. It's definitely going to be a question to answer. We'll see if he gets answered before the draft because that might give – because John Lynch, he, I mean, he himself said, yeah, we might, we might be looking at a kicker. Let's talk about centers, though, because ah. 49ers re-signed Jake Brendel. Yep. We can talk about that first, but they also signed John Feliciano of the New York Giants to a one-year deal. What do you take about that deal, uh, both first the Brendel deal and then the Feliciano deal? Well, I love the fact that they brought back Jake Brendel, right? Because the simple fact this this kid, well, this young man, uh, went out there first year starting, uh, and and you know went through his growing pains and and ended as a as a Pro Bowl alternate, which means he could have went to the Pro Bowl if you know a player wasn't there. So I like, I actually like the fact that they brought him back. They have a sure thing. So why have? more holes than what you need so they address the center position right and so now there's really only one kind of question mark position we all saw jake brendo play center do we feel we could upgrade over jake brendo yeah but we was gonna have to pay <laughs> like it was gonna cost and so i like the four-year 20 million dollar deal i think that's a really good deal for this kid it's his first contract the 49ers did him due diligence they allowed him to go test free agency i mean he we didn't have a choice, but he went to go test free agency and he chose the Niners. So at the end of the day, like even though the Niners did choose him, he chose to play with the Niners. He probably had a I think he had a bigger contract elsewhere. So that speaks volumes to me, Rowan. Like Brendo chose to be back here. So he chose to resign. So that's good. And then they went out and then they uh they signed an offensive lineman. And so uh john feliciano and then when you think about john feliciano we're sitting here you know going through his highlights we're, we're not giants fans so we didn't watch too many of his uh of his games or anything like that but when we when we start breaking down his film we're like I, the first thing that i saw was that this dude's he's mean and i'm like oh yeah like we got a mean streak on the offensive line not dirty but mean and gritty big difference not a dirty player like a richie incognito just a mean guy <laughs> right like you know what i mean and so i'm like okay now what we saw last year was him playing center so i'm confused because i'm like he's really decent at the center position and i don't think he's a, a replacing a daniel brunskill this dude's an upgrade over daniel brunskill and so that's interesting. And the Niners got him on a cheaper deal. So I guarantee you the Niners were trying to bring Brunskill back. It was too much money. They found a guy that wanted to play football for the 49ers. And they got a they got a solid piece. Will he start? Uh, that's curious. I'm curious to know, Rohan, because to me, he's a starter. So how do you bench a starter? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But whatever happens in camp, you know, that's what's going to tell the tale. Yeah, I mean, first of all, on the Brendel signing, I know you're optimistic, and he had a solid year. Don't get me wrong. He had a solid year with the 49ers last year, and good for him for warranting a second contract worth $5 million a year, which was essentially top-of-the-line center money in this in this class. Really, the top-of-the-line money was $6 million. With that said, I am somewhat disappointed in the 49ers. I am. 
And that is because I did think there were upgrades possible, uh, even younger upgrades possible. I think that there were three or four guys that the 49ers could have gone after before oh, yeah. reverting back to Jake Brendel. And they 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 were in on some of those players, essentially struck out, but then went back to Brendel. The one confusing part to me is a guy like Garrett Bradbury, a guy who could have gotten a, a nearly $11 million, which would have been the top of the class, which some people were reporting, ends up getting $5.25 million a year for three years. Brendel gets $5 million. I think that with the upgrades possible for what wasn't really too much of an increase in price, I thought the 49ers could have found their future option because a guy who's 27, you get him on a three-year deal. That's your guy for three years. Brendel, you likely get him for one to two more years. I think it's more so a two-year deal with $8 million pretty much, but you don't know at the moment if he's your future guy which again is something you want to look for. Now the 49ers are obviously fixated on this one to two year championship window. Brendel is serviceable, but I thought. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. There was a chance for an upgrade, and the 49ers obviously didn't do that. Instead, reverted to Brendel after striking out on the guys who returned to their respective teams. As for Feliciano, I think Feliciano is interesting. I, I do think he had a down year last year. I don't think his play is as high as it was in Buffalo, but I would be intrigued to see if he competes for a starting position at be it even at maybe at center, but I maybe even right guard. If the 49ers are comfortable with Spencer Burford, maybe they try him out at right tackle. You might have Feliciano move to right guard, see him compete there with some of the younger guys. And I, I think the just the idea overall is competition. I think that there are a lot of a lot of chances. You have competition maybe at right tackle. Well likely at right tackle. Competition even at right guard with uh the youth there and some of the veterans there. And if Feliciano sticks at center you got competition at center there. So I, I don't mind the idea, understanding that he is a starting caliber player, a low-end starter. So you, you, you get to have some competition there. I wouldn't pencil him in as a starter just yet, but I do think that that is an option. I agree. I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. At the end of the day, they went with the best option that was available, and it was Jake Brendel. So we got a guy that can play center with the 49ers. So as optimistic as optimistic as I am, we know he can play center with the 49ers. That is true. Some of these other guys, you don't know if they can play center with the 49ers. There would be language that they have to learn, all these different types of things. Did they try to upgrade? Yeah, you're 100% correct. I think they went after uh, Garrett Bradbury. Uh, but who knows what that number was? It's funny how, like, you know, you know how some teams, like, especially in trades, and they know you got stuff, so they're going to ask for the bag. And then you're just like, got of here, right? And then the next team gets him from pennies. And it's just because they know you got the bag, so they want more. Sometimes players do the same thing when they, they get those contracts. So at the end of the day, Jake Brendo is a is a starting center for the 49ers. He's done it. Uh, could we go younger? There's still the draft. And so at the end of the day, maybe the 49ers look to the draft and, and get a guy like Juice Scruggs in here. Uh, maybe this is the year they go get an actual center and draft a center with 11 draft picks. I want them to trade up, 
but don't expect them to trade up. They don't have to trade up. They, you know what I mean? They could bring in as many centers and have them compete for a spot. They could bring in two, three. I like Jake Andrews out of Troy as well. So there's so many different options the 49ers can go about uh, with so many uh, late round draft picks. In this particular draft, you draft developmental players. You got Jake Brendel back here, teach this young kid how to play center. Now, they tried to bring in Donovan West last year off the right. uh, the undrafted group, and it just didn't work out. He right. ended up getting injured, I believe. But at the end of the day, you never heard them bring him back, right? So I think, yeah, yeah, I think he's in the XFL right now on a team. See? And, and so you, you ask yourself, dang, like this kid was a high prospect. This is that and the third. I learned to start watching film. And I learned to start watching guys that can do things. And there's some centers out there. You can get sixth, seventh round that can come in and be serviceable over time. And then 49ers don't draft Rohan for this. They don't draft for the the the, the current year anymore. They're drafting, they're redshirting guys. So it's interesting. Right. This is a they have plenty of picks to redshirt. And let's see how this draft pans out. It's gonna be super interesting. I think they filled the holes that they needed to fill. I think they have their pencil starters in um, or starters penciled in, however you want to say it. But now it's time to come in and, and, and you know, add some more depth with these draft picks. Yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, when you talk about the center position, what they could do, the one thing I found intriguing is if you have a center battle beat with a guy that you draft already or uh, drafted already, or with a guy who you do draft, the good thing is you have them compete with uh, Jake Brendel. Nick Sakel is a guy who I know the organization has been high on as a guy who could play center in the future. Is he ready yet? Not exactly sure. But again, what do you have right now? A known commodity in Jake Brendel. If Nick Sakel competes with Jake Brendel, obviously, I mean, everyone is competing. But if he competes with Jake Brendel and he ultimately wins the job, you have a guy who is better than a known commodity, who you believe to be a fairly good starting caliber uh, center in the NFL. If not, you have the known commodity who you know can start. And so I think the 49ers understand their center situation at the moment. That's where they're at after striking out on some free agents. And I, I, I don't think center is out of the cards in the draft. I think you can still go after it because the 49ers – Center is very important to this uh, to this group. Yes, Center it is, is a, it's a position that Kyle Shanahan has coveted his entire career, be it with Alex Mack uh, back in Atlanta. Then you start with Western Richburg here uh, in uh, in San Francisco. Western Richburg goes to Alex Mack again here in San Francisco. And now you have Jake Brendel, who is in year three with the 49ers, despite it being his starting year. So I, I do think that he covets the center position a lot. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to go after the center of the future in the draft if he doesn't believe that he already has it on the roster. Yeah. I mean, look at the center. The 49ers did have formal meetings with two centers right as of right now. And so you have Juice Scruggs, Juice Scruggs out of Penn State that they had a formal meeting with. And then back at the Senior Bowl, they had a formal meeting with Jake Andrews from Troy. So right. uh, they, they have had some meetings. This is what I'm talking about. You got your starter. You draft your prospect. And then yeah, if, if Nick Zakil can pan out, excellent. You know what I mean? Now you got you got players that's going to be here, be around for a long time. And the majority of the 49ers offensive linemen are all versatile pieces anyway. Centers play guards, right. guards play centers, you know, and then you get your tackles that can play some type of guard and things like that. So it's interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do. I, I agree. I agree. I want to talk to you about another uh, another signing, and that's Isaiah Oliver, uh, the cornerback uh, from obviously Atlanta. 
Signed? Seems like he could play Nickelback. What do you What do you think about the Nickelback competition? Yeah, I think it's going to be a competition because I really want to see my boy Samuel Womack III. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers draft a stud DB like uh, a rookie, like my guy Darius Rush from South Carolina. He comes and competes for the cornerback two spot, which would be crazy because then Diamondra Lenore, to me, should automatically be the Nickelback. So it's going to be interesting. So I, I don't think they go that route. They might address the cornerback position, but they might not get one of those super duper studs right now. They have guys. They got future guys. They have guys. At the end of the day, I like the Isaiah Oliver signing uh, just because of his, uh, you know, the way he plays football. Man, I think he's a versatile piece out there in the backfield. He's a big nickel. He's a like not a big nickel like a Cam Chancellor, but he's he's not five eight, five nine, five ten, five six feet. You know, 200 plus pounds. It's a big kid. Uh, you know, decent speed. Uh, and the one thing I, he, he likes, he can, he, can, he can keep on the ball. Like, he keeps eyes on the ball. But the most interesting stat for him, for me, is the fact that he got zero penalties last year. I care less about his interceptions. Tackle and get no penalties. You win in my book. Tackle, zero penalties. You win every time. That That's me. Right. And I mean, you talk about the corner position. I think that it's definitely an interesting position for the 49ers. You talk about cornerback two. I think Diamond Lenore right now is slotted to be the outside guy just because Absolutely. when you talk about losing Emmanuel Mosley, who else is there? Uh, I, I think that you got to go with Diamond Lenore after how he played at the end of last year. 49ers showing some confidence in him with letting Mosley go. Uh, Oliver, I think 49ers, it seemed like they wanted a nickel. They wanted at least one nickel to kind of come in. Uh, you, you heard how they were in talks with Trey Herndon of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You heard that. I, I forget the other name they were in talks with and ended up getting Oliver. Oliver's an interesting case because he was a highly touted cornerback coming out of his class in 2018. Um, and then obviously just didn't pan out as well in the first two years of his career on the outside moves into the nickel uh, towards the end of his Atlanta tenure and starts playing better, started playing better. But his main skills, you, you, you bring up what, he, what he's good at, good at tackling. That's important. He's a good, uh, I mean, he's, he's a solid uh, guy in the nickel, but the run fits are important as a uh, as a nickel corner in this defense. And I think that Steve Wilkes is also going to be a big part of this. I mean, you get benefit as a nickel corner when you play under Steve Wilkes, a guy who prioritizes that secondary. I think that's, uh, that's important. As for the draft, I know you like some corners in the draft, but when you talk about the draft, I think the 49ers still have space in their nickel, or not nickel, but in their corner room. Assuming that they go with five corners, maybe five safeties like they did last year, you talk about the versatility that they like in this group. You you start Charvarius Ward, obviously. Diablo Lenore is there. Womack is there. And I think Isaiah Oliver is there. I think that's four guarantees, which means San Francisco is at least going to add one more corner in this group because I don't think Ambry Thomas is a guarantee. I think he's a guy who, when you come into this offseason, he's a guy who's going to have to compete for a spot. If he can Very win it, be it on special teams or be it as a regular corner, you get that job. But if he can't, I think you cut him and take your losses at this point in his career. I think the 49ers address cornerback at least once in this in this draft and i think that that's where uh, uh that's that's where you could get a, rec a a flyer reclamation project whatever you want to call it potentially through the draft compete with thomas have that guy win out the fifth cornerback spot i like it it's all about competition this year uh it's yeah. competition just about at every position and if you look at what the niners are doing they're just really seriously in free agency they address the the the, the players that they had 
walked away from the 49ers, right? So they addressed the safety. They addressed the nickelback. They addressed, you know, they're addressing just addressing these pieces. I mean, they brought back Deshaun Gibson. I thought that was a good signing, which makes me think they're going to draft another safety because they have some future guys on the on the team, on the roster or whatnot that may be able to climb up and, you know, play safety. But we'll have to see. We'll, we'll see how it, how it pans out. But you always want to fill a void. So if a future guy jumps up to the roster, who's going to fill that future's void? Like, who's going to be the guy on the practice squad? So they're going to look for some guys. It's going to be a very interesting draft. I'm so excited to get into it. Uh, I know we got four weeks to prepare for it, but I can't wait to see how they continue to replenish the team. I agree. And I mean, when you talk about the safety position, I think it's in a similar spot to the corners, right? You've got some established options. Gibson, Hufunga, likely start this year. You've got Odom, who's your top special teamer and a top backup. You've got three there. Moore is gone. And obviously, no Jimmy Ward, who initially started the year at safety. So you have three safeties right now that are locks. I think the 49ers go with five safeties with the understanding of the versatility that the safeties provide. Uh, Taylor Hawkins, and Quantrez Knight. Those are two names that the 49ers uh, brought in last offseason. Those are guys, I think one of those guys gets a 53-man spot. Those two competed out because both of them have good versatility. I think Knight right now is the favorite in my book. But I think one of those one of those two guys uh, uh, competed out. I liked both of them last year in training camp. Liked them both over Leon O'Neal. Uh, had a good praise for Hawkins. I thought he was better. And then Knight, obviously, safety potential. I, I said he might look better at safety in the long run than at nickel corner, just given the way he played. And so I think one of those two competed out. I think the 49ers are high on those two players based on what I've heard. And then I think they draft another guy. I think your fifth guy comes via the draft. I don't know if that'll be a versatile guy as well or pure safety, but I think that that comes via the draft, understanding San Francisco, you're going to not have Tashawn Gibson likely next year. I think he retires after this year. I think this is his final season. You don't have him. You need to fill in that void. SF has done that thing where they kind of draft one year in advance at several key positions. Safety isn't a position that they have necessarily looked at as a need, which is somewhat interesting. Last year, third uh, third round pick, he had Nick Cross there. You had Kirby Joseph there. They go with the running back instead in Tyrion Davis-Price. So they've had the option before when their safety was on an expiring deal. Didn't do it, but I do expect them to do it this year. We'll see what goes on there. Alrighty. But that's that. Uh, that's about Isaiah Oliver, about the DBs. Let's talk a little bit now about the 49ers free agency overall. We've, we, we, we've covered a couple of moves, but the one thing we haven't necessarily covered is the losses. San Francisco lost Mike McGlinchey. They lost Jimmy Ward. Charles O'Manahue, Samson Abucom, Emmanuel Mosley, they've lost a good amount of players. So overall, do you view this free agency as a success? Have the 49ers still supplanted themselves well enough to be where they want to be next year? Or do you consider this more of a wash or even worse? I don't I don't think it's I know I know why we would we think it's worse, right? Because we lost some productive pieces. It's not right. even about the amount of players that we lost. We lost some key productive pieces lately. Losing Emmanuel mostly hurts, right? Because when he played football for the Niners, he was highly effective, right? Now, that's when he played. He also was injured often as well. So you can understand why maybe the Niners decided to try to move on, right? They tried, 
you know, it's it's so weird, right? Losing Jimmy Ward, you're, you're losing a leader out there on the defense, and now you're asking uh, Hufunga to take over that leadership role. Because I, even though we have Tashawn Gibson, uh, he's just the elder out there. I I don't think he's the leader of the safeties. I really feel it's <laughs> it's telling old Hufunga's time. Like it's he's gonna control that room. They're gonna have get their communications through him. So it's gonna be interesting to watch. For me though, Rohan signing Javon Hargrave, that's that's that junk outweighs a lot for me. Like it, it it really does. It helps it helps balance the scale of out of all the players that they lost. Because when you think about it, Samson Abukam, Charlton Minahue, uh let me I guess those let me give you my top five if I got five. Samson Go Abukam, Charles Minahue, Jimmy Ward, Emmanuel Mosley. And I can, and maybe Robbie Gold because they they don't have him either. Like those are so key. no Mike in your top five. No, because I really feel like they can plug in a right tackle and he'd be just as effective as Mike McGlinchey. Okay, okay. See what I'm saying? Like I, I'm not saying Colton McKivitz is is as good as Mike McGlinchey, but he may just be better for a better fit for the 49ers. I never thought Mike McGlinchey was a good fit for the Niners. I think they tried to make it fit. But I, I I never thought he was a good fit. I just didn't like his size. Uh, I I thought he was too high. He played too high. He would get bull. I mean, he, he got bull rushed all the time. He got one hand tossed all the time. Did he play well? Hell yeah. Was he in a menace and the run blocking game? Absolutely. But there's times your quarterback got to pass the ball. He just did not look as good. So I think mm-hmm. McKivitz maybe better in the pass protection game than Mike McGlinchey, and, and and maybe he may struggle a little bit in the run blocking game. We'll, and we'll have to see. But I think mm-hmm. they only have one position to really own in on this year. Opposed to last year, it was three. You didn't know your left guard was going to pan out. You didn't know that your center, Jake Brenda, was going to pan out. It's the first year they're starting. You brought in a rookie, a fifth-round draft pick, fourth-round draft pick, and Spencer Burford. You didn't know he was going to pan out, but they did. So I, I trust uh, Forrester. I trust him. I, I, I believe he can make things work, too. We always talk about what Chris Kosirik does on the defensive line. I'm going to trust what Chris Forrester does on the offensive line. I'm not worried about it. Um, so I'm, I think the 49ers signing Javon Hargrave, y'all going to be so happy because the defense is going to look so much better, so much better. So I'm going that I'm going with the, with the free agency as, as a, as a plus, even though we, we didn't bring in as many people as we lost. I'm going with it as a plus. I think that's an interesting take. I, I, I tend to agree. I don't know if I'll say that it was a massive success yet, but the way that I view this is I don't view this just as in the amount of people they've got and the amount of people they lost. The 49ers had a clear understanding of who they were going to lose this offseason. Mike McGlinchey was never coming back. I, I think that the maximum they, w- they would even entertain is $12 million, and I don't even think that they would do that per year. He gets 17 and a half by the Denver Broncos. I think they knew Ebucom wasn't coming back, especially after he was considered to get a uh, a deal maybe in the tens of millions. I think it ended up being $9 million a year. Menahue, that was a tough one. You, you lose him for $8 million a year, you know, and that's the max value too, where you could have structured the cap hit to where it's not as high in year one. You probably could have got him for $5 million in year one and uh, uh, been okay. But overall, 
Hargrave was a smashing success given they clearly identified a need. Not as high on the Brendel signing as others. I, I do think that there were upgrades to be had for a reasonable cost in the Sandra market, but I think the re-signing of Deshaun Gibson was very valuable. And I do think that a couple of the other moves, I mean, in general, I, I think you you fortify this roster understanding, guess what? This team is right now pretty darn good. It doesn't seem like it has many holes. And they might not have elite starting caliber play at every position, but they don't have any holes. And I think that that's the most important part, which is why I'll say it's about a wash. I don't think that it's a smashing success overall, but I don't think that that it's a big loss. I, I, I mean, in terms of big loss, I don't think the 49ers really lost free agency. I think they made the best move in free agency in general. I think they signed the best free agent. And I think that that, them, that in itself gives you a, 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 a really good, uh, consistent base for you to go on. So I would tend to agree with you. I do think it's in the realm of a success. And, I think and, there's and, still work to be done, but yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, hold up, though, because free agency isn't over. Agree. Like, it's, yeah. it's not over, guys. But the, the splash that they made, let, let's, just, let's just look back and let's just close our eyes for a second and think about who we added and what we added and why we added it, right? And so we talk about our secondary. Well, you just added one of the premier pass rushing defensive tackles in the league. Doesn't that make your secondary better just like that? Like, I mean, they, the guys still got to go out there and play, but they won't have to cover as long. So now you're going to have quarterbacks try to struggle to rush that ball out. They can't run up the middle. They're going to have to bounce to the outside. Well, we like our outside guys, right? And so this is what <laughs> this is why I feel like it's better. You took you got an anchored piece that's going to help make your defense just just upgrade. And so if the defense gets better, the offense gets better. And I know that sounds crazy to say, but that's how I look at it. Yeah, I think that, that is a good way to look at it. And I, I mean, that's that's the point, right? The 49ers right now, there's a reason why they're a top two, top three team. In terms of the, I think in the NFC, they're either one or two in the odds to win the Super Bowl. The last I checked, they were number two overall to win the odds in the Super Bowl behind uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is with a complete question at quarterback. Nobody knows at the moment who's going to start, although people within the local media have a good understanding of how the quarterback situation currently is. There is a lot of sensation around this team, and I do think that it's warranted. 49ers have built well this year. They've built well. Next year, I think they're going to come at a, a, a crossroads. I think that they'll have to make some tough player decisions, um, maybe moving on from one of their star players. But at the moment, seems like they're putting their chips forward, and it's a it's a good sign for the organization. I agree with you. But, Wayne, that's a great place to end today's show. I really appreciate your time, your energy. You always bring it, and, I mean, it's always fun to chop shop with you. Any last yeah. thoughts? Nah, man. Look, I'm excited about free agency. I think it's going well for the 49ers. Uh, I think they're managing their cap very well. I can't wait to see what happens. I do feel like there's going to be a couple of restructures coming on. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the the last thing I, we can we can end the show with, uh, you know, Cam Emmon talked about how, you know, he talked to uh, Lynch and it doesn't sound like J Javon Kinlaw is going to get traded. Uh, right. And so the Niners may go with six defensive tackles uh, because I want T.Y. and McGill to be on this roster. I don't know what it is, but I or or clear Davis like or if they do go with five, it's going to come down to those guys. How crazy is that? I, I think that I mean, to me right now, I don't think Kinlaw gets moved 
until training camp, if anything. I don't think he gets traded because I don't think there's a trade market for him. The way John Lynch said it, I mean, it's obviously uh, beneficial for the team, but I don't think that Siobhan Kinlaw is going to warrant getting any trade value in return. And you don't cut a guy for no reason at the moment. He is one of the best 90 players that you'll end up having on your roster. I think he makes it. I think those five end up being the, the, the top five on your team. We'll see how it goes. The 49ers could also carry six defensive tackles uh, because they have spots for 10 defensive linemen like they did last year. They could carry six defensive tackles. Understanding Armstead could also play edge. So you've you've definitely got some choices. Here's how I view the Kinlaw situation. No reason to cut him now. No reason to cut him in OTAs. If by training camp he proves to not be one of the top 10 defensive linemen on the team, which is really tough to prove you're not one of the top 10, you cut him. Because then there's no point. You're already going to eat the cap anyway. Might as well bring in a better, more deserving player for the year. That's how I view it. But again, that's far down the line. I don't think it makes sense to cut him before then. Yeah. Uh, no, not not cut. Maybe trade, but not cut. Agreed. Yeah. But hey, man, great show. Thanks for having Chat me. Chat always popping. Chat always popping. Appreciate they, they, all, they, you they they yeah, all of you guys. I appreciate all you guys. Breathe these bunch of people out there because they... They're in here today. I like that, man. They love, exactly. they, you know what? I think they love the 49ers more than we do. Because I mean, they are I don't always, blame them. I don't blame them. They always hear, they're always supporting, and that's that's the best part about it. 100%. Thanks, guys. Hey, Breezy, make sure you guys go check him out. If you guys haven't already, be sure to subscribe to both channels. Thank you guys so much, though, and we'll catch you guys next time. Peace out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.